Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to HCS Pro Talk, your weekly Halo esports podcast. This is episode 47 for the week of November 20th, 2018. Will, we have five more episodes to go until we hit the year mark. That's it? Five? Only five. Right? 52 is a year. Yeah. Yeah. Making sure I get my maths all right and whatnot. I'm like, are there 52 weeks in a year? Am I missing something here? No, there are. We're about five episodes away. It's going to be a big thing. I'm super excited. But my name is Josh, a.k.a. J.K. Fire, and this week I'm joined by the man who's wearing the Words Are Hard Today shirt, Will, a.k.a. I am Mr. Mayhem. Will, how are you today? I'm doing quite well. Had the day off of work, so that's always nice. Um, Spent the day cleaning up around the house. Looks nice in here. It, uh, yeah, it, it needed it. It, um, you're getting ready for me. Yeah, that's it. I just, yeah. just for you. Just for me. <laughs> that's it. Oh, do you ever, like, I mean, it, things weren't bad, but it was just at a point where I'm like, I need to, I need to, like, organize a little bit more. I need to change things up, which I didn't really change anything, but at least it's organized. <laughs> Step one done. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. How was your day? It was, it was all right. I, I took a half day today. Spent some time with my mom. Went and had lunch with her. So that was fun. Where'd you go for lunch? She had actually a uh, a potluck at her work. And she said I was more than happy to come along, so I did. Nice. Good food? Yeah. It was really good. It's good. All crock pot food. Yeah. All of it. It tends to be the trend. No, it was cool, though. Like, I, it was, it, there were tons of different recipes and whatnot. It was good stuff. I was happy I went. But yeah. Other than that, just worked on the notes for the show, and we're here. Here we are. We got the big one today. Yeah. We have our HCS Atlanta post show coming up later on in the show. Just, yeah, it was, it was a great event. I'm excited to get into it in a little later. It was amazing. For a couple reasons, which we'll get into later. But Will, what do we normally start the show off with? We usually start with some roster mania. However, we're going to be going through the teams um, in the post show when we get to the HCS Atlanta section. So we're going to hold off so we don't have to double up on it. Boom Shakalaka was not at that tournament. But that's besides the point. Will, you know what it's time for? It's time for COD and other games. Watch. Believe it or not. As semi-predicted, we actually have a couple things to quickly hit on. So first and foremost, as we're going to be talking about in the the community creations portion of the show, there's a new montage out uh, from Snipedown, okay? At the end of that montage, there is a text blurb from Snipedown where he basically says that Instead of competing in another video game, he's actually just holding off on competing in general until more is announced for the HCS season. Until Infinite, obviously. And as we're going to be talking about shortly, a couple things did get announced in regards to HCS in general. And well, that just means we're going to have more stuff to talk about on the show. So yay us! Okay, and then the other piece of information is Mickwin. So we talked weeks, uh, we talked for a few weeks now that what we thought was going to happen was the Renegades roster that currently exists, which is APG, Penguin, McQuinn, and Neptune, they were going to be moving to Call of Duty. 
it looks like it's three out of the four members are going to be making that move. It, it looks like. Mickwin put out a tweet, and I quote, at a, pretty bri- at a pretty big crossroad, have a very good opportunity in front of me, but I'd have to stop competing. Thinking emoji. And then obviously everybody replied with, just do what you think is best, so on and so forth. We're in that same camp, so Mickwin, we just want you to do what you think is best for you. And we're going to support you regardless. So, good luck to you in your future endeavors, and we hope to see you competing very shortly. That's all I'll say there. Will, that does it for COD and other games. Watch! Which means it's time for Will's Adventures with the Okay, I can't go lower. That was a that was a long intro. It was. I gotta amp you up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, I appreciate it. You're welcome. Will, what video games did you play over the week? And dare I ask, was any of it Halo? Well, the uh, um during the beginning part of the week on Tuesday night, I believe on Wednesday night as well, I played some blackout. Won a couple of games for Joey and I as he died first and I continued on. Hell yeah. Felt great. I was yelling and screaming down here. Vicky was not happy, but <laughs> I was I was freaking amped. Clutching out those wins. Um, Pumped up. Next game I played was Fallout 76. Got, Do tell. Um, got out into the uh, country of West Virginia. <laughs> it was great. West Virginia. I knew you were going to do it. Mountain Mama, take me home. They do play the song in the game, which is great. Country roads. <laughs> um, I've never played a Fallout game before, so I'm learning the mechanics on, oh, I need to feed myself every so often and drink some water and it not be dirty water or, you know, radiated water. Yep. Um, there, was, uh, there was some dude walking around with his game chat on. And it was like commentary from like a sci-fi film. And he was just following people around until they decided to um, shoot him. What the hell? Okay. Just, yeah. It was annoying. He followed me for quite some time, but I never drew my gun on him. So he never, he never tried to fight me, which was great. I didn't want to deal with that at that moment. Um, but he was just someone trying to dick around in the game, you know. That's uh, hilarious. It, hilarious like looking at it now but when you're trying to do missions and stuff oh, and you no, have I get this it. annoying freaking like robotic sci-fi talk in the background you're just like what the fuck oh my god um but yeah no it was it was a good time it's i'm not used to playing single player kind of slow games mm-hmm. um but yeah we'll see we'll see if i keep on with it and then i did play some halo 5 oh my god how did it go it was good. Um, first matches, um, just played some arena while I was waiting for uh, matches in between Atlanta. Sure. While there was a lull in the stream. Um, let's see. We had a stronghold games where I went like 28 and 8 or something like that. Very nice. Holy shit. Which, if, yeah, it was really, um, it was good. There was some, I had some matchmaking flukes where. I was the only plat player on my team with a bunch of golds matched up against a whole other team of plat players. So the golds were just getting shredded and I would get collapsed on. Um, 
Sounds typical. Yeah, couldn't really do anything about that. Um, what else? I played some Slayer. I think I'm a plat three in Slayer now. Very nice. Yeah, I want to get better, but I don't know. I don't know what else to do at this point because Halo Five's on its way out the door anyway. So yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough. We just have infinite on the horizon. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping, I don't know what, I, I'm still going back and forth on what they're going to include in that game because it seems like, so the, the, it seems like the community, part of the community wants the slow movement. Part of it is fine keeping what we have yep. with the clambering. It's like and a 50, the, 50 the, split. Yeah. So I'm, I'm interested to see what it will be. And maybe it'll be something where they do incorporate the advanced movement mm-hmm. into multiplayer, but not in the like arena settings or the HCS settings. Sure. Maybe they bring the slow movement back and have select maps for that. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I guess I'll just keep hopping on every once in a while, try to stay sharp on, on the sticks as sharp as I can be. There you go. Um, no, bouncing off what you were talking about, it's it'd be kind of the opposite of what they did with uh, three and whatnot. So in three MLG settings was, I think they just slightly increased movement speed. Um, so maybe in infinite, they could slightly decrease movement speed or yeah, or just have the movement speed of walking be faster, but no sprint, something like that. It's true. We did talk about that too. We did. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, those are the only three games I played all week. Very nice. What about you? So I played some Hollow Knight on the Switch. If you guys don't know what Hollow Knight is, it's a Metroidvania-style platformer. Hard as balls. Uh, like, it's it's a side-scroller as well. Combat's really nice. Art is beautiful. Soundtrack's gorgeous as well. Just a great game in general. It's on all the platforms, so you can go ahead and check it out if you don't have a Switch. Um, played more Overwatch. Again, just multiplayer. A couple games here and there. I mean Soldier or Mercy. So I either go for direct damage or I go for healing. Either one. Doesn't matter to me. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 still taking it kind of a mission at a time. Um, Will, you were over. Yeah. When I was playing a little bit of Red Dead. So when Will came over, uh, it was... Oh, man. Was that for Halo? Must have been Thursday night. Wednesday night for Harry Potter. It was for Harry Potter. That is correct. And... And for those who don't know, Will and I watched, like, Will and I with our significant others were watching through the entire Harry Potter series again. Because it's been quite some time. And we finished it. So now we just have Fantastic Beasts and then we need to see the new one. Um, Which I also learned, fun fact, I did not know this. I swear I thought that this new Fantastic Beasts whole thing was going to be a trilogy. It's going to be five movies. Five. Yeah. It's Um, crazy. Well, they're introducing Dumbledore into Dumbledore into this newest film, so I'm wondering if they're gonna have a longer story arc with him and his um, his past on what has happened. I know too much about Harry Potter, so I have some idea of what they might include. But I want to learn more about Tom Riddle. Tom Riddle. Yeah. I don't think because Tom wasn't around during this time. Yeah, I know. I just want to know more about him in general, though. Considering he is the big baddie of the, they could do series. they literally could do a whole nother series that led up to like Harry Potter's birth Holy and that shit. thing. Shit. 
That would be pretty intense. They could. But anyway. So. Back to video games. You came over. I was playing Red Dead at the time. And, um, I'm, no spoilers or anything, but, like, there is there is a legendary bear that you can hunt down uh, fairly early on in the game, actually. And, uh, um, so I did just that. Will was there witnessing that happen. And then it took us fucking forever to sell that pelt because the marker showed up on the map. We go to the marker on the map where the trapper's located. The trapper wasn't even there. We decided to just what? Like sleep or like, we, we know sat by the fire. Yeah. We sat, we literally sat by the fire for less than like 10 seconds, got up. And then the trapper was there. It's just like magically appeared. Yep. So sold the pelt, did all that. And then, um, you tried to lasso a dude. But he, he just kept shooting you, so you just mowed him down. You just fucking destroyed him. <laughs> I really wanted to see him tie someone to the train tracks, but it didn't it didn't work out. It didn't. It was really funny though. It was, it was. He I was trying to defuse the situation. Yeah. And he had his gun pointed at me, and I'm like, all right, fine, fuck it. So I turned around and I'm like, nah, I'm gonna come back. I'll get him. That was when I took out the lasso. Then he took out his gun again, and I'm like, nah, dude, I'm gonna lasso you. Joke's on you. And he's like, nah, dude, I'm gonna shoot you first. And I'm like, oh shit. And so we killed him. And then we burned some bodies on fire. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. a good guy in the game, I promise. Those <laughs> guys were assholes. They deserved it. Um, Forza Horizon 4. Just... Wheel pl- spins? Wheel spins and some races as well. Oh, you did some races. Yep, okay. did some races as well. And then uh, Halo the Master Chief Collection. Um, no Halo 5 for me, but instead, I'm just hopping into some Social Slayer matches every now and again. Having a blast. And... That's it for me. Will, how about some news? First and foremost, happy birthday! Because apparently every single one of these Halo releases came out around the same time. Happy birthday, Halo 1. Halo CE, November 15th was when that game released, so happy birthday to that. Um, Then the next Halo Reach loot crate has been announced this is the support theme and i quote when all else fails you will need courage and spirit to take the enemy head on george 052 served as noble team's heavy weapon specialist and now you too can bring the, the big guns with a support themed halo legendary crate ordered yours by december 15th i just got my previous crate in the mail came with a scarf that i'll never wear Came with a shirt that I'll never wear. Also came with a little icon figure, which I have at my desk. Very Thanks, nice. Halo Legendary Crate. <laughs> what was it? What was uh, on this scarf and what was on the shirt? So June is the sniper of Noble Team. Okay, Noble Team is the group of players in Halo Reach that you that you work with. Okay, uh, June again is the sniper. That's what that last crate was based off of. So you got his scarf for like the back of his, like he wears it underneath his helmet, I guess, but it like flaps over his back a little bit. Okay. So you got that. That was the, that was the scarf. And it has just like, I think it has like the noble team logo on it or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's like dark green. It's cool. It's pretty neat. Say that shirt. Not so much, but whatever. What are you going to do? Um, Next news story. Action Sack is back within Halo 5. And I quote, Action Sack is back. (laughs) 
Party up and dive into Halo 5 and enjoy fan-favorite modes like Rift Ball, Minotaurs, Ground Pound Arena, and more. Let's go ahead and check it out. Some fun game modes in there. Next up, the Halo Community Spotlight has been posted over on Halo Waypoint. A link to that, along with everything else we talk about, will be in the show notes, including the Google Doc link. Check it out. Lots of awesome submissions there. Next up, we have the MCC November update. This went live as I was finishing the notes for the show today. As a matter of fact, this is from Halo Waypoint, and I quote, The update is actually out right now, and the update includes the following things. The Match Composer. The Match Composer includes four options to custom tailor your social matchmaking experience. Game preset, game size, games included, and game categories included. Game preset options. These are pre-configured selections that allow players to jump right into matches quickly. Um, The presets can be customized after each... After being selected, if there are specific offerings within them that you'd like to remove. Here's a list of the Match Composer presets currently available. Slayer. This includes all Halo games with only the Team Slayer game type and is 4v4. Objective. This includes all Halo games with Capture the Flag, Assault, and King of the Hill, and is also 4v4. Big Team Battle. This includes all Halo games with Team Slayer, Capture the Flag, Assault, King of the Hill, and Action Sack variants, and is 8v8. SWAT. This includes Halo 2 Classic, Halo 2 Anniversary, Halo 3, and Halo 4, with only the Team SWAT game type and is 4v4. Snipers. This includes all Halo games with Team Snipers game type and is 4v4. Infection. This includes Halo 2 Anniversary, Halo 3, and Halo 4, with only the Infection game types and is a 12-player free-for-all. Custom. This is used if you want to build the match experience you would like to play. And Any. This includes all Halo games with any game type supported for 4v4. Other things included in this update include controller customization. What can you do for controller customization? A few things. Horizontal look sensitivity, vertical look sensitivity, look acceleration, look dead zone, and looking ahead. Um, so most of those, if not all of those, are in Halo 5 already. So if you're familiar with them, you're going to be familiar with them now. Additional options and dedicated servers. Enemy player name color. This option allows you to change the color of enemy player names in Halo Combat Evolved and Halo 2 Classic between red or the Legacy Blue. Multiplayer Game Timer. An entirely new feature added to Halo CE, which can be toggled to show you time remaining, time elapsed, or none to preserve the Legacy experience. US West Server. This Azure Data Center location now supports Halo the Master Chief Collection matchmaking. Team Hardcore Game slash Map Variants. With Halo 2 Classic Team Hardcore and Halo 3 Team Hardcore being removed from competitive matchmaking, we have placed all the map and game variants in the official HCS account file share. To access this file share to download the maps and game types, open your roster by pressing X, select your own gamer tag, then select the option Find Player. From here, enter the gamer tag Official HCS and select File Share. You'll be able to download each of the maps and modes for each of the maps and game types to play the uh, the team hardcore settings and custom games. Playlist updates: Halo 3 social offerings, 2v2. Added sandbox variants Tundra and Vessel to 2v2. 4v4. Added Orbital, High Ground, Epilogue, Valhalla, Last Resort, Cold Storage, Pantheon, Tundra, and Wastelands. Why the fuck would you have Valhalla be a 4v4 map? I'm just gonna throw that out there. It doesn't make any sense. Okay. 8v8. Added sandbox variants Utah Mambo, Vindictive, Wastelands, and Workplace Bravo. And then 8v8 Action Sack added in Big Team Battle Heavies variant for Avalanche, Sandtrap, Standoff, and Valhalla. And finally, the last piece of information for this update. 
competitive ranked playlist updates. These are the these are going to be the competitive playlists in MCC as of right now. Halo CE Team Doubles, Halo 2 Classic Team Arena, Halo 2 Anniversary Team Arena, Halo 3 Team Arena, Halo 3 Hardcore Team Doubles, and Halo 3 Lone Wolves. I'm still holding my breath for a Halo 4 Team Arena. I doubt it, like I doubt it'll happen. Let's be real here. I'm just holding out for it. I'd like to have like a number next to my name just to tell like how I'm progressing. And that would also allow me to get matched up hopefully against people around the same skill level as well. Because if I go into a Halo 4 match right now, now I know Halo 4 is not a competitive game. We don't need to talk about that. But what I will say is when I go into a Halo 4 game right now, it's like not to toot my own horn or anything, but I'm shitting on kids. So it'd be nice to have a rank associated with it, like a numbered rank to know that A, I'm progressing and B, I'm playing against people who are more my skill level. That's where I'll leave that. Um, And then a piece I did not include in here, but something that came up in the Twitter discussion that I've been seeing as soon as this article was posted, people noticed within that article, Will, that Halo 3 4v4 Team Hardcore is not one of the ranked playlists. And they found that odd because it got removed. And it also got removed right after these tournaments that we're about to talk about just got announced. Kind of weird, right? So, Postums and Tashi have come out and said that, hey, we've worked with our teams. We're releasing it once more. It'll be back. And they're hoping by Wednesday this week. Okay? So, a day after this episode posts, that playlist should be back in there. You guys can practice up. So on and so forth. And, if you wanted to scratch your itch right now, those files and those game types are on that file share. Official HCS. So go ahead and check it out. That does it for the regular news, Will. It's time for some competitive news. And oh boy, is it a big one, Will. And I apologize because I'm going to be doing a lot of reading here. So hopefully you got your drink ready to go. Should I just kick back? Put, yeah. Put kick, my feet up? Kick back, relax. Obviously chime in if you would like to. I'm just going to read through this article because there's a lot to go through here. So... There you go. He's kicking his feet up. He's ready to rock. Um, Before we get into the article, Will and I have talked about this um, for the past couple weeks now, I'd say. Two or three weeks now. Where 343 have come out and said in their official releases that there would be, quote, more to talk about at DreamHack Atlanta, end quote. Right? In regards to what the future of HCS is. So we had our speculations. We asked you guys what you thought was going to happen. And here we are. We actually have concrete information that they actually flubbed up on stream by showing early when they weren't supposed to. So they cut to a commercial damn near right away. And it was absolutely fucking hilarious. And my voice just cracked. So I apologize for that too. Going through puberty, guys. It's crazy. Um, So let's get into it. The announcement is HCS Grassroots. That is the official title of it, and here we go. This is an article that was posted on Halo Waypoint, and I quote. Today, we're launching a new initiative for Halo Esports called HCS Grassroots. Designed to support the community directly, HCS Grassroots will help tournament organizers and content creators continue to do what they love and also introduce new opportunities. Let's jump in. 
Halo Esports would not have such a rich history without the contributions from the community over the years. In particular, the tournament operators that unite the community to play Halo, and the content creators that tell their stories both in and out of the game. We believe that these con contributions are crucial to building the foundation of Halo Esports and competitive Halo, and we aim to strengthen this foundation with HDS Grassroots. For tournament organizers, our, goal are, our goals are to help them continue to run tournaments both in North America and around the world. These will range from in-person LAN events to online tournaments, seasons, and leagues to encourage participation from everyone and unite communities big and small under one roof. For content creators, our goals for the first year are to build out a network of partners to help them achieve their viewership goals and also shine a spotlight on entertainment for the community to watch on a regular basis. We hope to, uh, we hope to help grow the culture of content creation within the Halo community. For both groups... We also want to take feedback and look for ways that the HCS Grassroots program can grow and evolve to provide even more opportunities down the road. In the long run, our ambitions are for the HCS Grassroots to be the platform that tournament organizers and content creators leverage to thrive on and grow their own communities in a sustainable and long-lasting way. In addition to our very own 343-driven official HCS competition, we intend to have a vast network of partners who are able to provide competitions around the world as well as content for everyone to enjoy when Halo Infinite releases. So how does it work? HCS Grassroots is not a new league, it's a partnership program where tournament organizers, big and small, along with content creators, can apply for support that comes in a number of different ways that will evolve over time. We also want to support all flavors of competitive multiplayer, as well as all Halo games from Halo CE to Halo 5 Guardians and everything in between. If a community is interested in a particular game or mode, we want to be there to support that desire. If you're a tournament organizer, you can apply for support and potentially receive things like prize pool contributions, loaner consoles, giveaways and digital prizes, promotion on social media and Halo.gg, content, graphics, sponsor acquisition support, and sanctioning. If you're a content creator, you can potentially receive promotion on social media and Halo.gg, giveaways and digital prizes, hosting on broadcast channels, content, and graphics. This initial offering is really just the beginning. We hope it will continue to grow and evolve over time alongside the support of community and partners. So who are the initial partners? First, for tournament organizers. We present to you the Halo Classic by UGC Events. In partnership with HCS Grassroots, UGC have stepped up to the plate and will deliver the first LAN event supported by the program. HCS Grassroots will be, supported, uh, will be supporting this event by providing the entire prize pool, promotion, content, and more. When is it? January 11th through the 13th in St. Louis, Missouri. The game is Halo 3 on the Master Chief Collection. The tournaments will be a Halo 3 4v4 and also an MCC side tournament. There will be a $30,000 prize pool for the Halo 3 4v4, and a $5,000 prize pool for the MCC side tournament. For more information on this tournament and how you can be involved, check out UGC.GG and follow at UGC Events on Twitter. You can get your tickets and team passes now at UGCEvents.GG. And the next event is Gamers for Giving 2019. Halo returns to one of the biggest lands in North America, Gamers for Giving. The team at Gamers Outreach have been running Halo tournaments since day one, and we knew we had to lend our support of the event, the Gamers for Giving community, as well as the amazing charity efforts. 
For this event, HCS Grassroots will be providing prize pool, promotion, and content, and we're also donating a Gamers Outreach Gaming Cart. It is March 23rd to the 24th in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Game is Halo 3 on MCC. Tournaments, it's a Halo 3 2v2. And for more, you can be sure to follow at Gamers Outreach on Twitter and head to gamersforgiving.org. Now for the content creators, for the initial partners. The four content creators we've decided start uh, we've decided to start with as HGS Grassroots Partners should be familiar faces to many in the Halo community, and we're proud to partner with positive, fun, and entertaining creators who have already contributed so much to the, to the community. First up is Vetoed. Former Halo competitor and current streamer and YouTuber, Vetoed has been consistently bringing high-quality gameplay, analysis, and content to the community for quite some time now. We're excited to see how he grows and evolves his craft as a creator and a player. Next up, Action Man. Few creators out there can bring the level of skill, comedy, and passion to Halo and its community that Action Man does. With dedication and consistency, Action Man has quickly risen to be one of the fan favorites in the community, and we can't wait to share his antics with even more people. Next up is Ubernick. Ubernick has been creating content for Halo since the Halo 4 days, and has worked hard to build his audience on YouTube. While also expanding to live streaming, Ubernick is no slouch on the sticks, and delivers content across a variety of Halo games and modes. And finally, Naded. Last but not least, we're thrilled to partner with a Halo esports legend. Naded has been one of the Halo's biggest streamers for years now and delivers a unique mix of pro-level gameplay as well as his own unique flavor of humor while building a strong community at the same time. It's never a dull moment with Naded, both on main stage and in his stream, including extra live coverage at events. Exclusive in-game items. In anticipation of the HCS Grassroots Program launch, we've also created a, a new Battle Rifle skin for Halo 5 Guardians, as well as a nameplate for MCC. These in-game items will be given out exclusively by HCS Grassroots Partners by attending and participating in tournaments and entering giveaways by content creators. Um, 5x5 codes will be given out as part of the redemption process, which will net you both the BR skin in Halo 5 and nameplate in MCC at the same time. Application process. We're excited to grow the HCS Grassroots Partner Program, and starting now, you can apply at halo.gg grassroots. Before you do, here's what we're looking for in partners. Types of partners. Tournament organizers, aka LAN events, online tournaments, and leagues. And then content creators, streamers, and VOD content. Criteria for selection. Established track record of tournament operation or content creation. Established track record of community outreach, engagement, and support. Consistent positive influence and, con and contributions to the Halo community. And established track record for investment in the community. If you're just starting out, or the news of HCS Grassroots has you wanting to contribute, that's great. We encourage you to jump in and create your own consistent tournament program or consistent content, build a strong relationship with the community, and then apply. We're here for questions along the way, so feel free to tweet at HCS if you've got any. Applying is easy. You'll just need to sign in at halo.gg grassroots, tell us if you're a tournament organizer or content creator, and fill out the application. We anticipate a large volume of applications in the first month, so we appreciate your patience as we carefully review each application and reply via email. If you're not accepted at first, don't give up. We'll be providing feedback on ways to continue to grow so that you can join the program later down the road. If you were accepted, 
We'll be sending an acceptance email welcoming you, welcoming you to the program along with what level of support you'll be receiving. Once you accept, you're in. And finally, a thank you. The HCS Grassroots Program is our way of giving back to the community and those who invest so much into the Halo franchise and the scene. And while we're excited to take this first small step, we can't wait to see how it grows and evolves. We've heard the calls for more community support, and this is just one way we're doubling down. Halo Esports could not thrive without you, and we can't wait to begin the next chapter in our journey with you. So thank you. That's it. Will, what do you think? It's, uh... So Halo Esports isn't going away. Not anytime soon. It's just being kind of transformed a little bit. I think it's going to get bigger. You think so? They're they're finally providing something that we've been waiting for for a long time now. Official backing by them. Okay? I mean, sure. yeah, yeah, this kind of means that they don't have to do, like, they don't have to make the tournaments go or whatever anymore. I mean, until Infinite releases. Tashi did say that there will be official tournaments still. And I think he may even... Ha- I think he may even said something in regards to Halo 3. On that on that stream, I think he said something like that. So, we'll have to wait and see for that. But at least for the next few months, we have things lined up. And we know UGC puts on fantastic events, so I'm not worried there in the slightest. And then Gamers Forgiving is going to be a good one as well. So... And then being able to back content creators in general, it's been a long time coming. Very happy to see it, though. It's about damn time. And yeah, I only think that things are going to get bigger from now on. They're finally, for lack of a better phrase, because we've beaten it to dead now, is that they're paying attention. And they're showing that they're paying attention. They're not just saying, yeah, we hear you, blah, blah, blah. They're actually doing something for it. Maybe, like, I don't want to be a cynic right now. Because I I could say maybe it's too little too late. You know? We're three years in the life cycle of Halo 5. You guys could have done this years ago. But at least we're getting it now. So yeah. That's what I'll say in regards to that. I'm very happy to see it finally happen. And I can finally see some content creators... Finally getting the recognition that they deserve. By the company at large. Anything else you want to add, Will, before we move on? No. Um, I don't think so. I think uh, I'm interesting, interested to see what comes out. what Who they are going to be supporting. What, what they're going to be putting um, out front. As the, um, you know, there won't be any more official HCS events like we've seen but we will have these grassroots tournaments and creators come to light and if you are a grassroots tournament organizer we're looking for your tournaments so if you listen to the show or if you are a listener of the show and you know people who do community run tournaments and are going to be part of this or and want to be part of this grassroots program let us know we want to cover them so Fuck yeah. That's what I'm going to say there. Will, would you mind talking about some scrims? So yeah, leading up to 
HDS Atlanta, we did have some scrims. A lot of them. So here we go. Let's get into it. On Monday, November 12th, Straight Rippin' went up against Trifecta. To note, this Straight Rippin' squad was on American soil doing a boot camp. So they were, they got a house. They were practicing up. So yes, they took it on Trifecta on that Monday. Series score was 8-2 to two going to straight. We then had Straight Rippin' go up against Elevate. Series score was 11-4 to four Elevate. So you're telling me they bought the house. To do the boot camp, and then they sold the house. I'm assuming they rented just, for <laughs> a week or two. But yeah, it's good to see that they wanted to put in the practice before the event. Absolutely. And um, good on Straight Ripping for doing that for them, too. Yeah. I mean, they uh, they obviously wanted a better placing than what they've been getting. We'll see if that came to fruition later down the line. On Tuesday, November 13th, Mocket went up against the Pirates. Series score was 6-2 to two going to the Pirates. Arg. We had Tox go up against Reciprocity. Series score was 9-6 to six Tox. We had Rain versus Shock the World. Series score was 9-5 to five Shock the World. They shocked the world. We then had Mocket go up against Nemesis. Series score 14-1 to one going to Nemesis. Oofta. We then had Straight go up against Mentality. Series score here was 9-6 to six Straight. Good job, Straight. We then had uh, Mocket take on Trifecta. Series score was 9-4 to four going to Trifecta. Then on Wednesday, November 14th, teams putting in that practice. Tox went up against Renegade. Series score was 12-3 to three going to Tox. Mocket went up against Mentality. Series score 6-3 Mentality. We then had Lux take on Straight Rippin. Series score was 3-2 Lux. We then had Reciprocity go up against Accelerate. Series score... 8-6 to six Reciprocity. We then had the Pirates go up against Elevate. Series score was 10-5 to five Elevate. We had Straight Rip and Take on Nemesis. Series score 9-6 to six Straight. We then had In Control take on Rain. Series score 8-6 to six Rain. We had Straight Rip and go up against Trific- Trifecta. Series score was 11-4 to four Straight. And then on Thursday, Straight Rip and Took on Nemesis. Series score 10 to 5 going to straight. Thanks for not laughing at any of my jokes. I just wanted to keep on rolling. No, I hear you. They weren't even funny, so that's why I'm like, yeah, they were bad. It is what it is. I got to reflect on them. (laughs) Don't worry, we'll have better ones later on. Don't you worry. Good job to straight, though. Yeah, it seemed like they were taking a lot of those series. They were. They were indeed. Will, we got one little tournament recap for you before we get into the post-show here. The AGLA America Griffball League of America. The playoffs continue. We had a matchup take place. This comes from the Twitters, and I quote, Number six, Legacy, completes the upset over number three, Vanguard, with a 5-1 to one win in game number two. They advance to face the number two bomb squad. So congratulations to Legacy. That's a pretty big upset. Vanguard are doing pretty fucking well this season. So Yeah, I mean, you see the number six seed upset the third seed, and now they're going against the second seed. It's They could make a run here. They definitely could make a run. It'd be crazy to see that, too. Considering what we're about to talk about for Atlanta, it'd be nice if an actual upset happened. But regardless, Will, we've made it. 
the final Halo 5 event, period. In an HCS capacity. Because there definitely could be other Halo 5 One tear rolling down my cheek. <laughs> this was your game. Yeah, it's, it's what I came into Halo on. Yeah. Um, never played any of the previous games. It's all I know. It's all I knew, should say. You know what? For For the amount of bullshit that Halo 5 had, the amount of despair that Halo 5 brought to the competitive Halo community over the past three years or so, I saw a lot of heartwarming messages on Twitter and like just in general, I saw a lot of heartwarming messages from the community as a whole, because this, this really is like a bittersweet moment that yeah, Halo five had its issues. Every Halo kind of has its issues, but this was it. Like this is the last one had to go out with a bang. Everybody coming together under the same, whether you're watching at home, whether you were there live experiencing all the antics like there were there were incredible stories to tell at that event and there were some amazing matchups that happened as well there were a few there were a few upsets that we'll get into nothing too drastic but there were a couple that really stood out and this was definitely an event to remember so will do you want me to take the first part here yeah, so um, one of the big things going into this event was the Halo 3 2v2 showdown. What was what was that, Will? I'm not doing the voice. Will, do you happen to tell me that there was a Halo 3 2v2 showdown? Yes, so this took place. It was obviously um, a big moment for seeing some old names in the scene come back, seeing some new players step up. Um, me only knowing Halo 5, um, it was kind of cool to see the different play style that Halo 3 brought. It's completely different game, really. Hold those thoughts. Let's go through these placings, and then I want to ask you your thoughts on the event as a whole. Okay. On the showdown event? Yep. Okay. So, for the record, I hear you. I'm not going to be doing the voices often. I'm going to do it a couple times because it was fucking exciting, but I'll tone it down. Don't worry. Had to get that first one out there. You know I did. So, we'll go through the 2v2 placings, and then we'll get into it. So, first place went to GMS, consisting of Gabriel and Fantasy, taking home $6,000. Second place went to Optic Gaming, consisting of the Vets, Roy and Flamesword. A.K.A. Jesus. A.K.A. <laughs> that beard. Oh my oh. god, A.K.A. Jesus. Taking home $3,000. Third place went to One Time, consisting of Tusk and Fear. They take home $1,000. Fourth place went to Self-Proclaimed, consisting of Evader and Gun Type. Fifth and sixth went to Rectify, consisting of Best Man and Neighbor. Another two veterans. And the stinky duo, consisting of Snipin' and Guitar Hero Dude. Seventh and eighth went to those guys, featuring AA Ace and Winter. And Last Supper, consisting of Little Country and Saintly. Ninth through twelfth included Team Hot Shots with Monster and Gunshot. Online Warriors with Cranium and Klepto. 
Anticipate the Rush with Paradigm and, and Shinsai Renzo, and Killing the Dream with Too Nice and Slew. So we'll include the brackets and the VODs and all that fun stuff, but really, the thing I want to touch on here is how dominant Gabriel and Fantasy were. Yes, there were a good amount of close games, but there's there's two stories that, to tell here. There's really two. Gabriel and Fantasy have been playing MCC for a very long time, have been playing Halo 3 for a very long time, right? Maybe not necessarily always competitive, but they've been there putting that grind in. So you have them going up against two of arguably the best, two of the best Halo 3 players ever to ever exist. Roy and Flamesword. Roy's nickname is Royborg because he is arguably the best shot in Halo 3. Period. And then you have Flamesword, which you just called him Jesus. He's also known as Optic Beard, but he's been around for a very long time as well. He's very established as well. Okay. They, those two, have not been playing Halo 3, been playing MCC for a long time. But the fact that they were able to step right back in and not necessarily play at what their true potential was, because that's not, we're not in that time frame anymore, but put up a fucking great fight against Gabriel and Fantasy. Both times they faced off against each other. Because GMS actually knocked Optic to losers, Mm -hmm. and then they had to fight back, which they did, and they came back and they fought GMS again in the Grand Finals. And not only that, but it went to a second best of five. So, clearly, yes, Optic have not played for a very long time, but that just goes to show you that if they did, this wouldn't have been a competition. Like the, the Gabriel and Fantasy would have gotten their asses rocked. If if Roy would have, if you're saying if they would both would have kept practicing and kept, if they um, both, yeah, if they both would have done what Nated is doing and just continued playing Halo MCC, this would not have been a competition at all. Their shots would have been back. It would have been wouldn't have been an issue for for them at all. So what I'm trying to say is here, like I said, the tale of two stories here. We have, the, we have the veterans who have not played in a very long time come in and put up a great fight against these two guys who have been playing for quite some time. So, that's what I'll say there. Because people were trying to say that... A couple of things that I noticed, right? People were praising Roy and Flamesword a lot more than they were Gabriel and Fantasy. Okay. Yes, I get it's a nostalgia factor and whatnot, but you can't knock Gabriel and Fantasy's skill against these against these players. It's like what Clutch said, and I and I think Onset may have said in his interview as, as well, that we saw them come back. They can come back and still play at a pretty fucking good level, realistically, without having to put that practice in. Their shot is still there. So great job. To Fantasy and Gabriel for making their names known. I hope to see them at these Halo 3 events that are coming up. Because they clearly have a lot to show. And then also what I'm going to say is. I hope and what I've seen 
from Twitter and whatnot is that Flame Sword doesn't want to be done yet. Roy does. Yeah, Roy, I believe Roy said it. He was on the desk and he said, uh, no, I'm done. This was it. Yep, this I think it was one. I think it was Elamite that asked him. With the potential of Halo 3 tournaments coming back, do you think you might... And while, while Elamite, I believe it was Elamite, while he was asking the question, Roy was already shaking his head no. He he said, nope, it, I, this, this is it for me. This is the one, one and done. I can't blame him. He already has a life outside of competitive Halo. He has stuff to do. It's completely understandable. Flame Sword is not done trying with him, though. What his he he's trying to get an old roster back together to go run house at these Halo 3 events that are coming up. And I want to see it so badly. I love this idea, this dynamic of not only this nostalgia wave, but these online players who have been continu- like consistently playing MCC coming into the fold, making their names known against these veteran squads right the ones who already have established names the one that you expect to win everything but they don't they actually get a run for their money that's the shit i want to see so will being a halo 5 guy yep watching this 2v2 tournament take place what were your thoughts um like I said, it was a whole different game. It was like, it was like, I just watching something I knew nothing about. Um, it did seem slower, but it seemed more strategic and you could tell what they were doing because like when you have Halo 5, 4 before the whole team's just flying across the map, setting up in different areas. But when you have Halo 3, 2v2, you can see, okay, Roy and Flame are pushing both to this side. They're obviously setting up for this. One's going to be here. One's going to be here watching this area and this area. Um, I liked that description more of than what we get in Halo 5, which is let's watch this player and this is what this one player is doing. But that tells me nothing of the story of the game. That tells me that what he's doing in that moment. Um so I did enjoy hearing that from the Halo 3 2v2 is more of the strategy and why they're doing what they're doing. Um, the gameplay itself, it did seem slow to me. I'll say that. Um, I was only really hyped about the Roy and Flamesword games, the optic games, because the casters were so hyped about them. Um, and I, I know it's a nostalgia factor for them being up there talking about Roy and Flamesword when, you know, Gabriel and Fantasy, um, you know, when they were hitting shots, it was like, oh, you know, Gabriel takes down this guy, Fantasy takes down this guy. But when Roy and Flamesword are doing it, it's like, oh, Roy hits a shot! You know, that's what it was. Um, and that made it exciting when the casters were hyping it up. But then, like, as the tournament went on, I noticed, why are they why are they only hyping up Roy and, Roy and Flamesword? It's the nostalgia thing. They've been around a while. I They're friends. You know, I get it. Um, on the, on the competitive side to, to watch and enjoyment entertainment side, why not? I mean, it's there. It, whoa, will it's, uh, my interest. (laughs) 
the 25 kills made it not drag on too long, which was great to see. Obviously, 4v4 is to 50. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Well, yeah. More players, more deaths, Correct. more kills. Correct. Uh, Just know that what I'm trying to say is um, 4v4 is a faster. Like, it, it go, it's it's a faster type experience. Yeah. Um, I liked, I think I would like the 2v2 over the 4v4. Really? I, I would like him to keep the 2v2 format. Um, it seems like it takes more communication, more teamwork, um, which that's why we saw Roy and Flame fall, actually, is because their communication lapsed at a couple points. Mm-hmm. Um, the big big thing is them being stuck in and Mahler and the rocket coming through to give oh my Gabriel, God, I could believe it. Gabriel and Fantasy the win. Like They're if, stuck in shotgun yeah. on the pit. Yep, if if yeah. they're like just like the caster said, if they would have separated and one looking down one way, one looking the other, they could have, you know, it could have been tied, sure, but that would have forced. I don't know what the Halo Three rules are. Would it just go into overtime, sudden death? Because they would have been tied. Time limit would have expired. I forgot what it would at, actually be. At what twenty three twenty three? I would think it goes to overtime, and then it just like maybe a three minute countdown. First to twenty five actually wins the whole thing. I don't know. Sure. Um, but it would have given at least them a, a second a chance. chance. Yep. Or even if they could have traded that kill. Yep. Cause if one, cause he had rockets, he had Mauler, you know, that's easy. One shot each or Mauler's two. I don't remember. depends on range. Mauler's, uh, yeah. Mauler's like a one shot beat down. If you're within range, think of it like a mini shotgun. Sure. That's what a Mauler is. Okay. So that's another thing. I, I coming into Halo three, I didn't, I haven't played much of it. I don't you're know what's fine. going on. You're perfectly fine. Um, but yeah, it's it kind of um, it gave me that Counter Strike feel, more where um, it's slow moving. Got to check your angles. Um, the spawns were a little weird for me, and I know that's an MCC thing as well. They got fucked up spawns still. Where, um, yeah, I didn't understand why guys would end up in certain areas, and um, I don't know. I could see it holding interest just the same as halo five does. Absolutely. Um, now, like I've said before, the, I feel like the majority of the new fans to halo that only know halo five won't be as into it as they, as they were halo five, um, on the second. So when the two V two showdown started on that, on Saturday, yes, viewership spiked, double what it was correct yep um but when it started up again sunday morning at the arena only minimal people there for the start um viewership was okay you know why though right why do you say that it was the beginning of the day oh yeah it was the morning that's what the problem was people were tweeting about it too i'm like i bet if you had this after the halo 5 grand final the viewership would have gone up because it, it's prime time. Like morning isn't prime time. People are sleeping. People don't give a shit. They're not going to, no, they're not going to make time to tune in. But then I think that goes to show what you're going to get for viewership. If it's just halo three, I think that tells it more. But it wouldn't be in the morning. I think, I don't know. I think it tells a story more that the second day it's the finals yeah. And people like they still didn't get that big of a jump as they did on the first day. Um 
I, I get viewership times and prime time, but if this is like the only broadcasted Halo 3 event and you're truly a fan, you're going to watch it. And I feel like you should have, they should have, they should have been there for it if they were truly a fan of Halo 3. And the viewership still was kind of where a Halo 5 viewership would have been. Mm -hmm. So these people were saying Halo 3 will revive the scene. I think it's not, it's going to, it's going to kind of stay how it is. It's going to bring back the people who are going to be there to watch it. Just like Halo 5 had the people who are going to be there to watch it. Um, all in all, though, I did enjoy it. I did like it. We got a point, guys. Yeah. Classic Halo got a point. <laughs> um, a point from Will, nonetheless. That's a big one. That's, no, it's like, it's, a, it's, it's like a two point. Why do I count as two points? Because you came from Halo 5. Like, I'm genuinely interested in your opinion because I grew up with two and like competitive two and three, like watching competitive two and three, right? So, as I, I tweet, I replied to Moses' tweet saying, like, it's, it's a dream come true to have these events that we can cover. That we, like, knowing that these retired professionals might come out of retirement and want to compete again. The people that I've watched, the people that I've looked up to for years and knowing they're playing the game that made them as big as they were. So for me, a lot of it is nostalgia, right? I love watching Halo regardless. You know that the listeners know that everybody knows that everybody that knows me knows that. Okay. You, coming from, like, coming just into Halo 5 first, only knowing that advanced movement, and only watching that competitive aspect, right? Your opinion is more, like, I want your opinion more than others, because you didn't grow up watching this stuff. For you, this is fresh. So... Yeah, that's a big deal to me. And, and that's that's why your opinion is worth like two, like double the amount of points. Okay. I, because I'm, when you go online, right? Yeah. The, the opinion that you hear online is the vocal minority being like, yeah, it's bringing it back. It's going to be the best thing it ever was. So on and so forth, right? It's what we're just talking about. But I feel as though the people with your opinion aren't the ones speaking up as much. And those are the ones that really matter. You want to have continual growth and viewership, right? And frankly, I think you're right. I don't think it's going to cause a resurgence. Okay. I think people are going to tune in, look at it and be like, oh, that's pretty fucking cool. And then tune in, tune to something else. So yeah, your opinion is very valid here. And that's why I asked. I can also see that, like, I feel like watching that Halo 3 tournament, I feel like Halo 3 is more competitive than Halo 5. Like, wow. Just the fact is, like, the shots are harder to hit. They are. I, Sniper especially, and they kept talking about that. This is like... Uh, for me, it was so weird to not see grenade hit markers. Like, That's he, right. he chucked the nade over there, and he's he's low, but I guess you, you have no way of knowing. 
You have no way of knowing you just, your random nade just hit that dude. It's having that instinct. Um, And then, yeah, the shot markers, you know, there's no hit markers on the shot either. Um, It's like, I just, I don't know. It, it made it feel more intense, more, and for lack of better words, competitive. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of going back. Like I, I, when I said I want infinite, like I said, it's fine. Keep the shot markers, keep the grenade hit markers. They're there. Keep them there. Uh Oh, for a competitive standpoint. Yep. Take them out. Okay. For a casual standpoint, keep them, be- keep them because you have them. So we're talking about like a split between social and ranked playlists again. Yeah. Different settings for different playlists. Okay. I feel like it, it would make, it makes it, it makes your, you, you have to have that knowledge of the game. And you saw that they did. Yeah. Yep. And that's why they were on top playing in the finals. Yep. Very true. I love that. I love that idea. Also, I, I loved how hard it was to hit a freaking sniper shot. Not everyone's a god with a sniper. Because when they did hit the shots, it was like, oh my fucking god, that was insane. When Roy stood up and jumped off the side of the map on accident. Yep. But he was so hyped from that double head. Was it, it was a double headshot, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was a double kill, yep. Yeah. I think one was a no-scope. Yeah, yep, it was, it well. was, it was. Um, That was amazing. That was incredible. I was hyped for that moment. Yep. And that's Roy for you too. He gets yep. amped. And I understand where people come from not being so hyped about the Halo Five sniping because yep. I mean I'm decent with the sniper in Halo Five. I don't I don't know if I could do what they were doing in Halo Three, mainly because I don't know the maps. That's the main sure. thing. Um I would have no idea where guys would be coming from or what angles to hold. But um yeah, that that hitbox seems smaller in Halo three. Maybe not as much uh I'm not going to say like bullet magnetism, but you know what, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I also don't necessarily want to say aim assist, although that could be a factor as well. But like when you're, it really is true. Sniping in Halo five is way easier than three, like way easier. And you don't really notice until you start playing both. You're like, Oh shit, that's difficult. And like not not to say anything bad about Fantasy of Gabriel. Fantasy had that fucking uh, three sixty no scope. Oh yeah, as well. That was insane. Crowd got hyped for that shit. Like they're all four of them. I mean, there were other players as well, obviously within this tournament. Nothing against them, but like the, these four players: Fantasy, Gabriel, Roy, and Flamesword were hitting incredible shots. That's another point I wanted to make coming in from Halo Five to mm-hmm. Halo Three. They didn't like. Everyone was saying, oh, these shots they're hitting are incredible. It didn't seem that incredible to me at first. Um, and maybe that's because I don't, I hadn't played the game. Sure. But, there, I mean, a guy's jumping across the map and you hit him th- three times with the BR. Like, that's normal to see in Halo 5 when someone's exposed like that. Yep. But apparently not in Halo 3. So, a, lo- a couple of the things that the casters were hitting on during this, during this portion of the tournament was the amount of respect that the four of them have for one another. Okay. The new guys, the old guys, you don't go up against Roy in a one V one. You're more than likely going to lose. It's just, it sounds so stupid saying it, but it's basically facts. Okay. 
when you go up against Roy, his strafe is... Just pay attention to his movement. He will more than likely four-shot you almost every time. If you go back and watch the VODs, there were multiple times where people would get into a one-on-one engagement with him, and either one of two things would happen. Either they would back down first, or they would challenge him and he would four-shot them. He is consistently more than likely the best shot in the game. But the teamwork that Fantasy and Gabriel were using during the entire, all their series was top-notch. And it was, they had power weapon control almost all the time. They had power-up control almost all the time. They had the timers ready to go and they don't have a coach behind them. Like it's all mentally. They have to know what they're, like they have to know times in their own heads. They played incredible Halo. Bar none. So I got Will. Is there anything else you want to add? No, it was um, for the showdown. It was it was fun to watch. I'm sure, like you said, a lot of people had a, a lot of nostalgia come back to them watching that tournament. Um, I liked Flame Sword's antics where he was shouting across the stage right away. Roy standing up and screaming. It was. We need more of that in Halo. We do. I'm that that made me hyped about the the matches. And that's why you saw that on like basically every Halo 5 side station match. Was that main stage you're not seeing any of that shit. Side stations though, it was back and forth. Every time they'd cut to that, it was great. It was great. All right. I'm going to do it one more time. And that does it for the Halo 3 2v2 showdown recap will it's time for some 4v4 action and will we did at the beginning of the show but we're here now what do we normally start the show off with roster recap you guys just heard the roster recap soundbite here we go and will before you get started these rosters are brought to you by halo data hive very nice that's why I say that, because th- these are the rosters that I could get. Like, I wanted to include more open bracket teams, but you know what? I have a fucking bone to pick with Smash.gg, all right? Yeah, you include the rosters for the 2v2 showdown. That's awesome. Thank you very much. I'm very thankful for that. But when it's the last Halo 5 event, and you don't include every roster on your fucking bracket, which you've been known to do, I'm upset. That's all I got. I need a Josh Rant um, soundbite. Because there's usually one per show. It should sound like me going Super Saiyan. Oh, no. I mean, I don't want to do it. It would sound stupid, but that's what it should sound like. Will, I'm sorry to interrupt. Take it away. All right. So roster recap. Here we go. Teams that came from the open bracket. We have Rain, which was Brainstorm, Burton, Rhino, and Suspector. We have APMH, which was Slinky, In Reality, Sorrel, and Valkyrie. We have In Control, which was Galaxy, Neuronicle, and that's all we have. Oh, did I, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Josh forgot to type it out. Keep going, Will. I'll come back to that one. And we also have Destic Gaming, which is Fluriously, its name, 
Crossfade and Blaine Doctor. Out of Group A, we have Tox, including Snakebite, Frosty, Royal 2, and Lethal. Team Accelerate was Boobadoo, Arctic, Demon D, and Falcated. Nemesis included Bullet, Rammy, Tapping Buttons, and King Nick. Next, we had Mocket, which was Squashy, Havoc, Looney, and Warlord. Out of Group B, we had Splice, which was Eco, Shotzi, Renegade, and Stellar. Lux Gaming included Gilkey, Nated, Denoxide, Nebula. Trifecta had Rain Shooter, Ryan Noob, and Destroyed. And Paradox was Barcode, Berserk, Slays, and Madzy. Josh. In Control consists of Galaxy, Neuronical, Swish, and Vetra. Thank you. Take Thank you for away, the update. Will. Out of Group C, we had Reciprocity, which included Snipedown, Trippy, Pistola, and Saiyan. Mentality included Jazeera, Tolik, Super CC, Evades, and Envor. Straight Rippin included Kimbo, Moe's, Respectful, and Snipe Drone. And we had the Anaheim Pirates, which, which included Straight Sick, Commonly, Druck, and Mr. Soul Snipe. And finally, out of Group D, Renegades included Penguin, APG, Mikwin, and Neptune. Elevate was L-Town, Ace, Spartan, and Sabinator. We had Shocked the World, which was Atso, Drift, Munoz, and Noble. And we had Falling Esports, which was Druk85, Eli Elite, Manny, and Musa. And that does it for your roster recap. Very nice, Will. So, do we want to do the series first and then do the winning, like the, the, the prizes? However you'd like. You know what? Yeah, let's do that. Because like I said, there were a couple big upsets here that happened. And I don't necessarily want to give it away right now. So, Will, do you want to just switch off on these series? Sure. All right. Do you want want me to just take the first one here? Okay. So what we're going to be doing is, one of the goals, I guess you could say, that we wanted to do, not just because this is the last Halo 5 event, but because we want to like progress as a show, right? We want to provide a little bit more in regards to maybe the players that stood out during a series, different statistics that stood out during the series, and other series that kind of went under the radar, I guess you could say. So, without further ado, here we go. From Pool Play, the first series we want to talk about real quick is Splice versus Trifecta. When you think of those two names, you think one team is easily going to win. Well, guess what? That wasn't the case. Game one, oddball on Echelon. 150 to 148 going to Trifecta. Game two is Slayer on Plaza. 50 to 47. This time going to Splice. Game three was CTF on Refuge. 3 to 1. Trifecta. Game four. Strongholds on Empire. 180. Going to Splice. That's right. We have a game five in pool play against Splice. Game five is Slayer on Coliseum. 50 to 40. Going to Splice. They were able to close it out. Here's some stats. Splice only had 10 more kills, while Trifecta had 30 more assists. 
Splice had 11 less deaths, 7 more power kills. Precision kills were actually tied at 200 apiece. And Trifecta had one more Magnum kill. Okay. There's one person we need to talk about for this series. Ryan Noob. What the fuck happened? He played lights out this series. Something I've never seen from him in a very long time. Ryan Noob's competed. Okay, shut up, Siri. We're not talking right now, all right? She was excited for Ryan Noob as well. That's besides the point. So, Ryan Noob has been competing for a very long time at competitive Halo. But Halo 5 specifically, we've yet to really see him hit his stride. So, realistically, when I saw this matchup, what we really got here was more than likely what Will and I have talked about over the weekend. It was Friday Night Splice. Okay? It was the splice that comes into a tournament. They look... This is going to sound terrible, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way, but they look drunk. Like, they, they just come into it, be like, oh, like got half sleep, whatever. They just come in, we're going to play some Halo, fuck it, whatever. Whatever happens, happens. That's Friday Night Splice. Okay? Championship Sunday Splice is a completely different team. Completely different. Okay? They wipe the floor with other teams. It's like nothing ever happened on Friday. Alright? So take that into consideration here. But I'm not taking anything away from Ryan Noob in this series. Because he played unbelievably well. He had the best KD out of any player in the entire series of the 1.24, and he had more kills than any other player in the series in both Oddball and CTF games. That's bonkers. You're going up, you're going up against Eco, Stellar, Renegade, and Shotzi, and you're putting up those numbers. Yeah, it was Friday Night Splice, but regardless, Ryan Noob, hot fucking damn, did you kill it. Will, take the next series. All right. Next one we want to talk about here was the Splice versus Lux Gaming series in pool play. Game one, capture the flag on truth, 3-1 Splice. Game two, Slayer on Coliseum, 50-41, to 41, going to Lux. Game three, Strongholds on the Rig, 100-45 Splice. Game four, Oddball on Fisher, 150 to 54 going to Lux. Game five was Slayer on Refuge, 50 to 38 going to Splice there. So again, some uh, statistics to talk about. Splice had 24 more kills, four more assists, 24 less deaths, 10 more power kills, 21 more precision kills, and 33 more magnum kills. But damn, did Lux put up a fight? Um... The players we want to talk about here, Dinoxide, he had the most kills on the entire Lux roster by a large margin with 79 for that series. And then um, Renegade had nearly the least amount of kills compared to all players in the series with 59. So Lux showing up to play. I mean, they didn't clutch it out against Splice, but it's, it's Splice. And Friday night Splice nonetheless. But no, that's, that's crazy. Like, Lux Gaming, okay, they were they were an open bracket team that made it to pools, okay? And they go up against the Splice roster, and they bring them to a game five. That's fucking crazy. 
that Lux roster has not been together very long. That Trifecta roster has. So that was like, oh, that's fucking crazy. They brought them to game five. But this Lux roster that hasn't been competing together for a very long time, nated coming out of retirement to compete in this tournament. Congratulations, by the way. That's fucking awesome to see. You guys brought Splice to a game five as well. What the fuck? That's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. It's Lux. Is what it is. Anything else for that series, Will? Nope. Not for me. Next series we want to talk about. We just talked about these two teams. Lux Gaming went up against Trifecta in their pool. Game 1 Strongholds on Plaza 100-76 going to Lux. Game 2 was Slayer on the Rig 50-32 convincing win going to, to Trifecta. Game 3, Oddball on Eden, 150-129 to going to Lux. And Game 4, CTF on Coliseum, 3-2 going to Lux. Trifecta had 7 more kills, 7 less deaths, and 10 more power kills, while Lux had 1 more assist, 6 more precision kills, and 2 more magnum kills. And again, Ryan Noob had more kills than any other player within the series with 71. This kid is unstoppable. He was feeling it. He's feeling this. I I wanted to make like a Halo style pun with that song. But again, I held myself back. I wasn't feeling it. I guess you could say. Will, take it away. All right. Next series here. We had Reciprocity go up against the Anaheim Pirates. Game one was Capture the Flag on Truth. 3-0 going to Anaheim. Hot damn. Game two, Slayer on Coliseum, a 50 to 41 game going to Reciprocity. Game three, Strongholds on the Rig. It was 100 to 65 going to Anaheim. Game four, brought us Oddball on Fissure. 150 to 63 going to Reciprocity. And a game five again, Slayer on Refuge, 50 to 24 going to Reciprocity. So just want to note, um, Anaheim sticking with one of the top dogs in the scene right now. Um, going to a game five, I think reciprocity woke up a little bit in that last game when they uh, took it 50 to 24, but, uh, good job to the Anaheim Pirates sticking with them. Exactly. And while this is only a pool play match, like seeing that we're, when we were watching it on stream, we were like, holy, what the fuck, what is happening right now? Because we were expecting obviously, uh, reciprocity to be like a top three, four, right? In my, in my predictions, they took second at this event but like realistically they're like you're usually a 3-4 team right so you would think with the amount of practice that they put in they would easily take out this team coming from the open bracket yes they have uh professional players on their team but regardless you'd think things would be easy for them right but anaheim man just coming in hot on that series taking that game five great shit great shit all right, well, we got some championship bra- <laughs> championship bracket matches to talk about. First and foremost, we have Tox going up against Renegades in the winner's semifinal. Game one, Strongholds on the rig, 182 Tox. Game two was Slayer on Plaza, 50 to 41 Tox. Pretty fucking close games. Game three. Oddball on Echelon, 150-111, going to Renegades. Staying in it. 
Game four was capture the flag on Coliseum two to one Renegades. We have game five. And it was Slayer on Refuge. And unfortunately for them, it was 50 to 29 going to Tox. Tox had 33 more kills, 13 more assists, 33 less deaths, and 17 more power kills, while Renegades had 8 more precision and magnum kills. Neptune and Mickwin really kept their team alive in this series with 84 and 82 kills respectively. But also, Royal 2 had a great series with 86 kills and only 56 deaths. To put, things, to put things into perspective here, the next player with the least amount of deaths was Lethal with 75. Royal 2 went bonkers this series. Like, 56 compared to 75 and everybody else had more than that? Like, that's crazy. I think Royal 2 really had a, a grasp on the series. Um, one thing to say, I was really surprised. Capture the flag on Coliseum. Um, it's one of Tox's top game types. Any Slayer or CTF on Coliseum, the only team that's been better is Splice on CTF Kali. So for Renegades to take that game, that was huge for them. That um, I thought they might have been able to ride that momentum into that next game. Unfortunately not. Um, but yeah, Royal 2 just going off. That was crazy. Going off in the series. All right. Next we had... Reciprocity go up against Splice here in the winner semi. Game one, Stronghold's on the rig, 100 to 27 going to Reciprocity. Game two, Slayer on Plaza, 50 to 39 going to Splice. Game three, Oddball on Echelon, 150 to 117 going to Reciprocity. Game four was Capture the Flag in Coliseum, 3-0 going to Splice. And that brings us to game five, Slayer on Refuge. 50 to 35, going to reciprocity. They knock Splice into the loser's bracket. Some stats from the series. Reciprocity had 21 more kills, 31 more assists, 21 less deaths, 6 more power kills, 26 more precision kills, and 26 more magnum kills. Um, everyone on reciprocity had more headshot kills than all of the members on Splice in this series. They were obviously feeling their shots. They were playing out of their minds, it seemed like. It felt, it felt great. They had, they had a lot of momentum off this game. Yeah, that was... I remember we were watching that stream. And like, like we've said, yeah, we want to see every team do well, okay? Yes, there is some bias there towards reciprocity. Will, because he likes Pistola. Me, because I like the brand and I like Snipe. I, yeah, I just like them in general. And, but anytime there's a close series, right? That, um, that trifecta splice series, that Lux Gaming splice series, anytime there's a close series, we get amped up no matter what. When this series happened, my prediction was for the bracket that reciprocity were going to, were going to do it. They were going to knock splice to losers. And then my prediction for later on in the tournament that, we may or may not get to is that renegades will knock splice out of the tournament completely highly unlikely we're talking about championship sunday splice at this point okay but the fact that this matchup happened and i went back and i looked believe it or not most times that splice and reciprocity match up against one another 
reciprocity wins. It's like it's like an 80-20 based off what I'm seeing from Halo Data Hive. Their previous matchups, whether it was scrims or tournaments, 80 to 20%, reciprocity is winning that series. So realistically, what we're seeing here is, and based off what Snipedown and other people on Reciprocity have said, Splice isn't their competition. It's Tox. Just something to keep in mind there. All right. Speaking of Tox, the next series we have is Reciprocity against Tox in the winner's final. Game one, oddball on Echelon, 150 to 110, going to Reciprocity. They're not done yet. Game two is Slayer on Truth, 50 to 49, Reciprocity. Game three, CTF on Refuge, 3 to 1, Reciprocity. If Reciprocity win one more game, they knock Tox to the loser's bracket. Unfortunately for them, that does not happen. Game four, Strongholds on Plaza, 187 going to Tox. Game five, Slayer on the Rig, 50 to 41 going to Tox. Still close games. Game six, Oddball on Eden, 150 to 49 going to Tox. But Will, we have a Game 7. Game 7 is Slayer on Plaza. 50 to 38. Going to Reciprocity. For the first time ever, Reciprocity are the winning team going into a Grand Final. Some stats. Reciprocity had 25 more kills, 15 more assists, 23 less deaths, 15 more power kills, 20 more precision kills, and 17 more magnum kills. Saiyan and Snipe Down did work with the sniper rifle while keeping it away from Tox the majority of the time within the series. That was probably one of the key factors here. When you give Frosty a sniper rifle, good luck. Frosty was trying his hardest to keep his team alive within the series, having the most kills of 99. Lethal, Snakebite, and Snipedown all had KDs of lower than 1.0 for the series. Wow, what a fucking series. We all, we thought hope was lost. When, when you saw Tox, we, we talk about it all the time. CLG, Optic, Tox, they have that light switch. They flip it. They're like, wait, we don't lose games. What is this? And then they started winning. And I'm like, oh man, after that oddball game, oh, things were looking dire straits. But luckily, Ross Prosty were able to take it. What do you got for the next one, Will? All right, going down into the loser's bracket, we had Elevate taking on straight ripping here. Game one, Strongholds on the rig was 191 going to straight. Game two, Slayer on Truth, 50 to 40 going to Elevate. Game three, Oddball on Fisher, 150 to 76 going to Elevate. Game four, Capture the Flag on Coliseum, 3 to 1 straight. Which brings us to a game five, Slayer on Plaza, 50 to 46 going to Elevate. 
Um, in this series, Straight had four more kills, five less deaths, and nine more precision kills. Elevate had 19 more assists, six more power kills, and six more magnum kills. So, respect. Respectful from from Straight. Yes. Was basically playing on fire this series. He had 90 kills. The next closest player on Straight Ripping was Mose with 68. Um, Spartan looks like uh, he had the most assist and damage coming from Elevate. So, I mean, really close series, little back and forth, could have went either way. Slayer on Plaza game, I mean, four kills for straight. It's uh, that's a tough one. And straight got sent home with that series. Breaking that, uh, that opportunity to get top eight. Unfortunate. Mm-hmm. That was that was really Spartan tweeted after that. Like it was it was really close. Like you said, it could have gone either way. It's crazy. All right, next up we had Accelerate going up against Trifecta. Losers round three. Game one was Strongholds on the rig, one hundred to five. Accelerate. Game two, Slayer on Truth, fifty to forty. Accelerate. Game three, Oddball on Fisher, 150 to 116, going to accelerate. It was a 3-0. Even after what we've seen from Ryan Noob, just wasn't able to capitalize on this moment. Accelerate were way too hot. Accelerate had 47 more kills, 29 more assists, 47 less deaths, 3 more power kills, 38 more precision kills, and 35 more magnum kills. Simply put, we have no idea if Accelerate were just hot or Trifecta just didn't come to play. Because based off this series, that was not the trifecta we saw earlier in the tournament. Every member of Accelerate were playing out of their minds to make sure trifecta got sent home in a very dominating fashion. All right, next we had Anaheim Pirates take on Mentality. This is uh, Losers Round 4. Game 1. Oddball on Eden. Mentality takes it 150-36. to 36. Anaheim, Anaheim says, hold on. Game two, Slayer on Coliseum, 50 to 39, going to Anaheim. Game three, Capture the Flag on Truth, 2 to 1, going to Anaheim. And game four, Strongholds on Plaza, 100 to 57, going to Anaheim. They just flip it like that. Anaheim had 22 more kills, 19 more assists, 20 less deaths, 5 more power kills, 9 more precision kills, and 8 more magnum kills. Um, looks like Druck84 was laying down some thick damage, as Josh put it. Um, with an average of 245.42 damage before each death. This is 100 more than any other player in the series. Druck also only died 48 times within the series, leading the series by 10 less deaths than anyone else. So Druck putting in that work. Which means that Anaheim knocks mentality out of the tournament and continues going. Next up, we had Accelerate versus Elevate in Losers Round 4. Game one, oddball on Eden, 150 to 133, accelerate. No signs of stopping. Game two was Slayer on Coliseum, 50 to 34, accelerate. And game three, CTF on Truth, three to nothing, going to accelerate. They had 13 more kills, four more assists, 15 left deaths, four more power kills, 11 more precision kills, and 10 more magnum kills. The reason why those numbers are low is because there weren't that many to go around the board. Because of how quickly the series ended. Nobody expected this to happen. I like I expected this to be a close series between both squads. 
tournament lives are on the line. Players were trying to prove themselves. I really thought this was going to be closer. But the series did not go anywhere near as planned. Accelerate came to play. Elevate came to sit and watch is what basically what happened throughout the entire series. If one thing is to be said about Elevate in a good sense, it's that Spartan. He tried to keep the tournament hopes alive for his squad, laying down nearly 7,000 damage across the series. That's nearly 1,000 more than any other player. It just wasn't enough when Accelerate were playing as well as they were. Yeah, Accelerate seemed to be riding that wave of momentum through the game, and they, they came to play. They dominated that series. Um, Let's see. Next, we uh, have Splice versus Renegade in the loser semifinal. So, um, after all those teams made it through loser's bracket, unfortunately, they were eliminated by either Splice or Renegade. Is that correct? Yes. Yep. Yep. So, here we go. Loser's semifinal. giant walls. One of Splice and one of Renegade's (laughs) that you had to try to get through. So, game one, Strongholds on Empire, 100 to 7, going to Renegade's. Dominating game. Game two, Slayer on Plaza, 50 to 45 going to Renegades. Game three was Oddball on Eden, 150 to 120 going to Splice. Game four, Capture the Flag on Refuge, 2 to 1 going to Renegades. Splice is knocked out of the tournament. They take fourth. So, uh, some series stats here Renegade had 63 more kills, 47 more assists, 60 less deaths, 4 more power kills, 53 more precision kills, and 49 more magnum kills. So, uh, it finally happened, Josh. Spice got knocked out of the tournament. Not only this, but with the top four finish. Um, the caster stated it. Everyone was saying it. Practice makes perfect. Um, Mickwin, Mickwin's the note here. He had 82 kills for his team with a 1.71 overall KD. Um, and that's against Splice. Usually they're top tier on Championship Sunday. Um, Mickwin had 11,000 damage through the series. Um, it, it was just amazing to see. He was, he was on fire. Um, it looks like APG really didn't have to do much to this series to turn up. Um, he's usually like their top guy, uh, putting up, putting down on his shots and those damage, but, uh, he, Mick just stole the show here. Thank God this happened. I, you know what? Halo five is over. They're going to go play Call of Duty. That's perfectly fine. I'm just going to say this. They deserved to lose. 100%. They deserved to lose that series. Renegades put in more work than them. They, they, Splice just deserved to lose. And they did. And I'm happy. Damn it, I'm so happy they lost. Not only was my bracket prediction correct, but... When Reciprocity beat them earlier on to send them to losers, I thought to myself, this is great for Reciprocity right now, but terrible for every other team that they have to go, that Splice have to go up against in that losers bracket. Because what people don't really realize is that the more Splice play, the better they get. So that's why we keep talking about Friday Night Splice. They don't come in hot. They don't really need to. If they get docked to losers, it's like, well, fuck it. We have practice now. We can just wipe through everything that's here. And they usually do that. Then they hit the renegade wall. And I thought to myself, 
Renegades has to do it. They have to be the ones, they're going to meet each other. They have to be the ones that knock them out of this tournament. And lo and behold, it finally happened. Oh, it feels so good knowing that they're not, that they didn't get first or second in this tournament. Because you know what that means, Will? Another team got first or second in this tournament that's not Splice. So let's, uh, let's continue on. Let's do it. Next up in the loser's final, we had Tox going up against Renegades. Game one, Oddball and Fisher 150 to 142 going to Tox. Tox were not happy about that loss to Reciprocity earlier. Game two was Slayer on Coliseum 50 to 46 going to Tox. Game three, Capture the Flag on Truth 3 to 0 going to Tox. If Renegades want anything to happen here, they have to step up right now. Game 4 is Strongholds on Eden, 100 to 75 going to Tox. Tox had 27 more kills, 43 more assists, 29 less deaths, 26 more precision kills and 16 more magnum kills while Renegades had 5 more power kills. Basing this series on stats will not do it justice. Renegades could have won this and gone into the Grand Finals if only a couple plays went their way, but Tox are used to this. Tox know how to fight this, and they did just that. And like Lethal said on Twitter after the tournament was over, and I quote, We were formed simply to break APG's heart in close series. Poor APG. Poor APG. Obviously, that was a joke. Lethal didn't really mean that. Um, But I thought it was a fitting a fitting quote to put in here because that's realistically what happened twice. Yeah. Renegades competition has been toxic as well. Yep. Every time, man, that was, that's rough for them. It is very rough for them, but all right. Tox win. We're moving on to the grand finals. Reciprocity versus tox game. One was capture the flag on truth. Two to zero going to tox game two slayer on refuge. 50 to 41 going to Tox. Game three, Strongholds on the rig. 163 going to Tox. And game four, Oddball on Fissure. 150 to 82 going to Tox. Tox had six more kills, five less deaths, 10 more power kills. Reciprocity did have 30 more assists, 12 more precision kills, and 10 more Magnum kills. But Tox still took the series there. Um, series can be summed up in two words. Frosty and Royal 2. Frosty had 10 double kills a series. He also dropped 83 kills. At least 10 more than the next player in line. Royal 2 was putting down the damage over 200 per death. As a matter of fact, Tox were back and they were angry that the last thing you want is an angry Frosty who was recently named Halo's 5 MVP because that's... He shows it. He does. He's the best player in the game. By far. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, we have a bracket reset which means that the final, final, grand finals series, again, is Tox versus Reciprocity. Game one, Strongholds on Empire, 100 to 64 going to Tox. Game two, Slayer on the Rig, 50 to 42 going to Tox. Game three, Oddball on Echelon, 150 to 142 going to Tox. And finally, game four was Capture the Flag on Coliseum. Their bread and butter game type. Three to nothing going to Tox with what I'd like to add lethal 
just strolling the last flag in. Tox had 27 more kills, 27 less deaths, 6 more power kills, 10 more precision kills, and 7 more magnum kills. Reciprocity. They had one more assist. Welcome to the Tox Show. We are just here to watch. A triple kill from Frosty, a killing frenzy from Royal 2. The stat lines may be close, but when it matters, Tox continued to clutch up and take the win. Becoming the undisputed Halo 5 champions. That's it, Will. That does it. So, we'll run through the standings here. Go for it. Your winner, your Atlanta DreamHack champions are Tox Gaming. They took home 120 grand. Fat stacks in the Fat. pocket. That, that it is. In second, Reciprocity took home 60 grand. In third, Renegades took home 40 grand. Splice came in fourth, taking home 28 grand. In fifth, sixth, we had the Anaheim Pirates and Accelerate taking home $13,000. In seventh and eighth, we had Elevate and Mentality taking home seven grand. And ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth, we have Lux Gaming, Shock the World, Straight Ripping, and Trifecta taking home $3,000. Congratulations, Stocks. I'm, uh, I'm curious to see if they're going to stay around for Infinite and stay together. Sure. And still be as dominant. I feel like they they went out on a high note. They should come back. I want to see them defend that title in a new game. It's like what Clutch said. That Believe the Hype roster won that 09 National Championship. They didn't stick together after that. Yeah. Even after they won. Like the biggest the biggest prize at that time. But yeah, I, I hope to see Tox stick around as well. They're, they clearly, they're clearly the best team Halo 5 has ever had to offer. And... I've seen a lot of arguments on Twitter. Um, I'm not here to cause a debate, but they are arguably the... I'm not saying not arguably. I'm saying they are arguably the best team in all of Halo. Period. They can easily be up there with the likes of Final Boss. With the likes of Straight Rippin'. So on and so forth. With the likes of that Instinct Squad and Reach. Like, they can easily be up there. So... Just a dominant force. Congratulations to Reciprocity on getting second. I know it's not what they wanted, but my goal was met. Knock Splice out. That is what I wanted more than anything. Yeah, I would have loved if Reciprocity won the whole thing, but put Splice where they belong. Out of the tournament. And Renegades, congratulations to you guys. For knocking them out of the tournament? Yeah, obviously, you didn't get the place you wanted either, but... And how many times did we see Renegades come in fourth in these tournaments and we felt like they, they had a little more in them that they could have been up higher? Yep. It was good to see them break into at least third place here. Exactly. And it, like I said, if things went just a little bit differently for that team, they could have been in that grand final with reciprocity. In which case... If Renegades brought the fire that they were bringing earlier on, oh man, that would have that would have been a crazy grand final. But yeah, and then, um, I mean, hold on, I have the things here. Let's see. So we have notable stories here, right? Um, we have the Renegades beaten Splice. It was the worst placing Splice has ever received in a tournament all year. 
We have Reciprocity beating Tox in the winner's bracket final. That makes Reciprocity the first team in that grand final. And it's also the first time Tox or Splice were not the first team in the grand final in over a year. Anaheim Pirates making top six. They came from the open bracket, get a top six finishing here. That's crazy. Congratulations to them for that. Trifecta not breaking top eight. Pretty surprising. They were a invited group play team. Surprised they didn't make top six. I mean, top eight. Trifecta and Elevate, that Rhinoop-Spartan rivalry that we see, they actually did not play each other in this tournament at all. Not only that, Splice and Tox never played each other in the tournament at all. And finally, what we just talked about, what would have been a great grand final, Renegades and Reciprocity never played each other in the tournament at all. It's all how the bracket shakes out. It is. Just, just, I, I never looked at it low like that, you know? I never looked back and be like, who never actually went up against another team? Oh shit, there were some pretty big matchups that never really happened. So, there's that. Our brackets and VODs will all be included in the show notes within the Google Doc. If you want to check those out, please do. There's uh, some great stuff there. The best stuff. Will. Are we ready for the best part of a tournament recap? We have the stats. You want to bring up the article real quick? Will, there's only one important one in this one. And you know exactly what that one is. It's the ball duration per game stat, Will. That's the most important stat. Snakebite, 73.44, playing the objective for his team. Neptune, 60.0. Rammy with a 59. Sabinator with a 54.6. Nated with a 53.6. Sorrel with a 53.5. Snipe Drone with a 50.67. Musa with a 49.67. Shotzi with a 46.33. And Squashy with a 46. Was it uh, Snakebite that got that? Uh, what, was the, what was the medal? It was like ball... Oh my God, what was that medal? It was the best thing ever. Yeah, I don't remember what it is now. I'm going to have to go back and look. Oh my God. Shit. Was that against Reciprocity? I think it was. Um, oh, now I'm genuinely interested. Oh my uh, God, I feel so bad now. Looking through these other stats, they are pretty skewed by the amount of games. But at least the game numbers are included this time around, too, which is so um, just some notables that were at the top of their categories here. Royal two with 35 games being played had the best deaths per game. As we stated before, he only had a 10.51. Trippy and Pistola also were in the 11 range. Um, Assist per game, Penguin and APG. Both, uh, well, Penguin had a 12.7, APG 11.57, so obviously doing good teamwork there. Uh, Mickwin had the highest kills per game, so that was in the top four, 18.03. And um, here we go, highest KDA, Royal 2 with a 2.29. So he, Royal 2 just kind of dominated this tournament. Josh, you have the, the ball medal. Read through a couple more because I'm I'm looking for something very specific here. I did find it, but I'm just looking up one more thing. Just read okay. a, read a couple more. All right. Um, 
We talked a lot about damage earlier, highest damage per game. Mickwin, with 30 games being played, had an average of 2,876.11. Penguin also had a 2,500. Phenomenal work from them. I got it. All right, what, what is it? In the series, in one of the series against Reciprocity in the grand finals, there was an oddball on Echelon game. Okay. During that oddball on Echelon game, Snakebite got a medal that's called Magic Hands. Magic Hands, yes. Yep. Or Magic Hands is what the announcer said. What that medal means is that you hold on to the oddball for a minute straight. Wow. A full 60 seconds Snakebite held on to the ball for. Holy shit. That's crazy. That just shows how well his team was slaying for him in that moment. They were disciplined so well in that game. Just wow. Just wow. We we saw a couple a couple overkills. A decent amount of triple kills, which were pretty awesome. But yeah, that magic hands, man, that was crazy. Absolutely crazy. Will, I just got a couple community thoughts for you on the tournament because as you guys know we like to include you as well within the show so life stated in the discord we want to know what you guys thought about the tournament as a whole series so on and so forth so life stated it was a great weekend what stood out to me was even uh three years into the game there was still young talent emerging the two that come to mind among several were arctic and trippy guys on good teams but not the guys who expect to make these game-changing plays it was awesome to see Obviously, the dominance of Tox and their legendary run throughout the game has to be addressed as well. They have been pheno- they have just been phenomenal from day one. My favorite part of the weekend, however, was being in this Discord. I wasn't able to join the voice server, but being in the chat here and sharing the excitement of the tourney with everyone was just awesome. We love you, man. Yeah, it was uh, it was a good time having everyone in the Discord talking about the tournament and, and talking with those guys in the voice channel. All things that were going on. Uh, it's, it's good to share that excitement rather than just sitting in solitude watching it by yourself. Because um, that can get a little boring at times. And when you yell and scream, people are like, what the hell's going on? Oh, just watching Halo. You know, it's all good. <laughs> um, but yeah, this was, um, this was a good event to end on. There were upsets. There were things that made the weekend exciting. Um you know, I think the anticipation all weekend for me was what they were announcing next. I wish there would have been a little bit more um, break, um, or gap fillers, I guess you could say, in between matches. Yeah. Um, like they did. I, I think HCS London was amazing for that. Gfinity put on a hell of a show. And uh, I wish there was a little bit more of that at the last event here. But what can you do? Um, we got to see a lot, uh, Xbox game pass commercials and, uh, Halo infinite commercials, Halo infinite trailer demo. And just so you uh, guys know demos. you can get your first month of oh, no. Xbox game pass for $1. If you're not already subscriber, there you go straight from Josh and the commercial. Um, but no, it was a good event to end on. Everyone at the desk did great. You know, the casters, um, behind the scenes, you know, shout out to them because that's not people don't often think about them, but there's a whole production crew there. Will, you're bleeding into the shout out segment. So, Josh, should we move into the shout outs? We have one more community piece. Oh, oh, I'm jumping the gun. Goalie Sniper 
posted Justin LaFleche posted on the Discord. And I quote, hey guys, I hope I was able to get this in before the recording. Well, guess what? You made it just in time, Justin. My favorite series was uh, that Tox Rec Game 7. Just had me on edge, had me on the edge of my seat. Moment would have to be seeing T2 cast the Halo 3 2v2 showdown. And the reason why I said it like that is because he put it in all caps with exclamation marks. So of course I got to do it in the voice. Grand Finals. I thought Ryanu played out of his mind this weekend. Yes, he did. He was pulling sneaky stuff against Splice of all teams. This tournament was the closest we've ever seen Halo 5 Esports. So many Game 5s and just exciting series throughout the tournament. But easily my favorite part of the whole weekend was being in that chat with you guys. Hearing us all get excited for certain plays that would go down. Taking a break and getting some games in with Will. It was a great weekend and thanks for putting on such a, hang a good hangout zone. Oh, and congrats to Tox, the most dominant Halo 5 team. And screw Splice, that's what you get for not practicing and being cocky. Hell yeah, Justin, get it! Justin straight up calling out Splice there. I love it. And it's, it's something I didn't even point on, like make a point on. Hashtag free T2 worked. It did. He was there. He was there. He cast. It was great. So happy to see him. Oh, man. It felt so good. What better way to encapsulate like Halo 3 than with him? And uh, they, they even let Golden Boy come over from. They did. Well, he, he was doing. Uh, Paladins. Paladins. Yep. yep. Paladins. And uh, yeah, he was back. He was back on the scene for a minute. It was uh, it was great. It was great. Also, congratulations, mm -hmm. Alex, for making it as far as you did with that vexed gaming squad in the Paladins World Championships. It was fucking awesome to see you compete on LAN on the stream. It was great. Yeah, I love how Golden Boy was giving Clutch so much shit. Lottie gave Clutch so much shit too. Lottie was. She she was like out for blood or something, just roasting her her co-desk casters. Yep. Great. Do you see uh was it clutch that like flipped the notebook off the table from Gaskin? Oh. Or something like, you don't need notes for this. And he just it was oh my god, it was hilarious. Clutch, I love you. I love you. Some people think he goes over the top. I don't think he goes over the top. I think he tells it how it is. It's exactly how it should be. Did you hear him at that grand final? He's like, he it's going to be a 4-0. It's going to be a 4-0. Don't even think about it. It's going to be a 4-0. And guess what? It's exactly what it was. He knows that team. He knows that team inside and out. All right, Will. Is there anything else you'd like to say about HTS Atlanta before we get into some shout-outs? I'm sad it was the last one. Bittersweet moment watching that tournament. But um, we'll see what the grassroots brings. And hopefully we can start to, I think it's a bit of a, um, it's going to be a bit of a rebuilding process is what's happening. You know, kind of tear it down to build it back up again. Um, they're, they're taking points from the community and bringing the community to light, which has always been big for Halo. And uh, I guess we'll see where that brings us until Infinite is out. They get knocked down, but they get up again. Ain't nothing going to keep them down. Ladies and gentlemen, let's move into some shout-outs. First and foremost, as Will was just talking about, shout-out to everybody on the desk and behind the scenes at HCS DreamHack Atlanta. Will, that consists of Lottie, Elamite, Clutch, Gaskin, Strongside, Walshy, Onset, Sims, Bravo, Wonderboy, Hines, T-Squared, and everyone else that was missed as well. You guys are greatly appreciated. Shout-out to Halo Data Hive for providing any and all scrims and series results and stats. 
your work does not go unnoticed. We all love you. Keep it up. And we, we, oh my God, I really hope that I know. Okay. If you listen to this show, Halo Data Hive, I'm saying one thing to you. Okay. I know that Halo 5 is basically done, but please, please continue to support this Halo 3 stuff. We, like, we are not the only people that rely on your stats, but having this information available is huge. And we love all the work that you continue to do, and we really hope that you continue with it. And we still can't wait for that fantasy league to come out. It's going to be amazing. Keep doing what you're doing, man. Shout out to Maddie Rums for providing countless news stories on Reddit and other places of social media. Maddie, thank you very much as well. Love when you're posting stuff in the Discord. I love your posts on Reddit. It helps us out for the show. Like I said, it doesn't go unnoticed. Shout out to everyone who tuned into the watch and listen along. It was a great testing ground for us. It's the first time we ever did it. I want to do it for future tournaments as well. It was great to talk to you guys personally. And like... Like uh, Mr. LeFleche said, just enjoy those hype moments together. Shout out to everybody who participated in the community discussion on Twitter, YouTube, and Discord. We love you guys. We do this show for you guys, and it wouldn't be what it is without the community discussion, so thank you. Um, shout out to Silos and Scud Puddle for actually going to the event and competing in their respective competing with their respective teams in the 4v4. So, congratulations to you guys. That's fucking awesome. And finally, shout out to me for winning the bracket challenge. Because I'm pretty sure I did. <laughs> Throwing your own shout out in go, there. Go me! Yes. All right. People are going to have to bring the heat for the next one. Hell yeah. No, I thought the bracket challenge was great. I loved it. It was a way to have me a little bit more engaged, like kind of like fantasy football, I guess you could say. Like I felt more engaged in the in the matches that took place, and I was still just so fucking stoked that I saw Splice leave. Um, let's see here. That does it for shoutouts. Now it's time for some community creations. First and foremost, we have a quadtage featuring Eli X, Trunks, Ishi, and Apple Fanatic. Go ahead and check it out at the YouTube link provided in the show notes of the Google Doc of the show. Next up, we had artwork by Maddie McD over on Twitter. It is incredible. You should definitely check it out. It, it's got like this, this old war, like propaganda type vibe to it, but it, it looks incredible. Highly, highly recommend it. Maybe it would even work great as like a wallpaper, maybe a poster, so on and so forth. We also have artwork by... Rythase. I'm going to mispronounce that. And for that, I apologize, but it's in a Reddit post. You can go ahead and check that out as well. The artwork looks insane. And the final community creation we have is Snipedown's Halo 5 montage number two titled The Final Chapter, edited by Hastings. This includes that quote we talked about earlier in the show about what Snipedown's plans are after HCS Atlanta. And that does it for community creations. Will... I know you got a hockey game that you got to get prepared for, and I hope you win, but it comes that point of the show where I start scrambling a little bit, but I actually, I'm not going to do it this time, believe it or not. I actually will. Just plug the show, please. You can find us on your favorite podcast services. Just search for HGS Pro Talk. We are on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. Leave us a review and let others know about the show. 
If you'd like to join our Discord, join the community discussion, that's where uh, we post a lot of our questions, take a lot of our community feedback in. Um, link will be included in the show notes in the Google Doc. You can join our Xbox Club and our Spartan Company. Uh, search for HCS Pro Talk for those. Our um, Xbox Club is where we will send out invites for our future community playdates, which we will have more information on next Monday or Tuesday when the episode releases. Um, you can find us on social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Again, just search HCS Pro Talk on all of those platforms. Leave us a follow if you want. We have uh, plans for more uh, content coming to the YouTube and Twitch. So stay tuned for that. Weekly community play dates. Every Saturday. Be there. Or be square. And ladies and gentlemen, that does it for episode 47 of HCS Pro Talk. We want to thank you very much for listening. This has been our HCS Atlanta Post Show. We can't wait to see what the grassroots program brings. But until then, we'll have more to talk about next week. But until then, bye bye